0: Hello, I'm Larry Markowitz, and this is Spotlight Aesia, the podcast series presented by Aesia, the International Association of Young Lawyers. And today I'm speaking to you directly from the Aesia House in Brussels. Over the course of season three, we've been exploring the topic of efficient law firm management. And today's episode is entitled Rainmaking for Young Lawyers. Unfortunately for most of us, our law school curriculum did not specifically prepare us to market our services as lawyers. So on our journey to the corner office, how exactly do we build a book of business? Today, we'll discuss business development, we'll provide practical tips for networking, raising your profile as a young lawyer, and ultimately how to become a rainmaker. With our international panel, we'll compare business development techniques in Europe and Latin America. And while we're at it, I may just chime in with my North American point of view. So without further ado, let me introduce the three members of our panel from sunny Panama, we're joined by Beatrice Cabal Beatrice is a mergers and acquisitions partner at Galindo Arias and Lopez. She also focuses on regulatory public procurement and data privacy law. Great to meet you Beatrice.
1: Hi, Larry. It's great to be here and in such good company.
0: Thanks. From the Netherlands, my longtime Aisha friend, Bram Caudry. Bram, you specialize in mergers and acquisitions, including corporate takeovers, joint ventures, private equity and venture capital. Welcome. Thank you very much,
2: Larry. It's uh, it's an honor to be here.
0: Great to have you. And last but not least, joining the podcast for a second time this season from Switzerland, the president of Aisha Moritz Morer. As we learned in our introductory episode, Moritz, you're an M&A partner at Niederer Kraft Fry, a long distance runner and a skateboarder. Welcome back, Moritz.
3: Hey, Larry. Welcome. And thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. Bram, let's start the conversation with you. Why do business development? Shouldn't a young lawyer just focus on delivering high quality legal work?
2: Uh, thanks, Larry. Well, it, I guess you have to do a little bit of both. Uh, the, the the quality legal work uh, you're going to definitely need from day one, and, and you need to build on that. Um, but your business development is is part of your long term planning. Uh, you you very much need to be aware of the fact that um, you're currently, when you're just starting out, you're part of a of a law firm that has already got got business going on. But um, you are the future uh, for yourself, for the firm. So you need to start doing your business development right now, uh, so that you're prepared for the future.
0: So it's a question of taking control of your destiny more than just reacting to whatever comes your way from your boss.
2: Yeah, if you are, if you're serious about uh, about yourself and your own career, for sure. And you know, um, whether you continue your work uh, as a lawyer in the same firm, or if you join another firm, or even start another profession entirely. Um, you need, you're going to have to have a network, and, uh, and that network you have to start building today.
0: Well, I'll certainly touch on networking later on, but first let's talk to Beatrice about a similar topic. You've already got a packed schedule, Beatrice. I mean, you described when we spoke earlier about your busy life. You're in a large law firm where there's already plenty of legal work to be done, plenty of billable work. Why add business development to your busy agenda?
1: Well, Larry, when you become a partner or you want to be considered as a partner in your firm, as uh, Bram said, being a good attorney is almost a given, but developing business, attracting clients, and networking are tools that all of us need to master and sharpen to stay on top of our game. As you mentioned, unfortunately, business developing is not something that we get taught, at least in Panama, when you're a law student. You actually become aware of its importance once you, quote unquote, grow up and you're responsible for bringing in new clients and new work streams to the firm. You cannot depend, nor should you rely on other rainmakers to pass down clients or contacts to you. You need to make your own way and stand on your own to feed and take control of your destiny, as you mentioned earlier.
0: Okay. And uh, Moritz, you and I recently uh, met up for a beer in Antwerp. And when we were discussing business development, you used a a hunting analogy. I think your expression was eat what you kill. So how do you hunt down new business?
3: New business is very difficult to acquire since it does not happen overnight. A client does not decide to change a law firm overnight. It requires a lot of time, efforts, and energy. And it usually starts with identifying potential clients that could be interesting for a firm and targeting them in terms of what can you bring them in terms of additional value what they not already got. And then of course, there must be some sort of likeness and the like to actually make a change and it can happen or it cannot happen.
0: But you got to give it your best
3: try when you hunt down that new business as always and the likelihood of stepping out your office and to go hunting and then the chances that you actually get something is higher as if you would stay in the office great and
0: we alluded more than once already to networking so i think it's safe to say that networking plays an essential role in your path to the corner office moritz did, did you take a different approach to networking when you were a young lawyer as as compared to your current
3: approach as a still young lawyer, but a more seasoned one. Indeed, networking, I think, changes over time. And Aesop provides here an amazing opportunity for young lawyers to explore how they best network, be it during coffee breaks at a conference, be it during dinners, be it as a speaker or as a panel moderator, or be it in the evenings when you're out for drinks. There you actually figure out what's your best network strategy and then at one point you have figured out that you will, you will dig on this and as a more senior lawyer as I'm now, it, it, it gets more natural how you act in terms of networking.
0: That's true. aisha really is a microcosm of all the aspects of networking and building your profile. There are speaking opportunities but there's also plenty of fun networking opportunities where you can meet for a beer and network or wherever. You- happen to be. Um, but you know, not everyone is so open and, and, and uh, some people are shy. Uh, Bram, do you think you have to be an extrovert to do business development?
2: Oh, no, certainly not, Larry. Um, and, and, and some people may think that I'm an extrovert, but, but in all honesty, I really hate those massive conferences where you have the same little conversation over and over with, with well, tens or maybe hundreds of people. Um, and, and I have colleagues and, and friends who are experts at, at working the room, so to say, and who are uh, are always on stage and who attract a lot of attention. And that is not that's not something I can do. So so I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but I'm I'm pretty okay in doing business development. Um, I, I mean, I've been an MA lawyer now for about 18 years, and I've been an Asia member for 16 of them. Um, and I really enjoy the. The smaller settings and the one-on-ones and the smaller dinners and, and in fact the, the M&A seminars for Asia where you have, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, maybe sometimes 100 people, those are pretty okay and you don't have to be an expert at all to be to be part of that group and be successful.
0: Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I mean, when you work a room, it doesn't mean you have to make a speech to 40 people and hold court. You could speak to one person at a time and especially in a smaller seminar with 40 people. Well, in the course of a couple of days, you'll get to speak to each person one on one. Uh, Another thing I find is that if you get to be one of the organizers of a conference uh, and you're more introverted, well, it kind of places you in a position where everyone has to talk to you so people will approach you and it's another good way for introverted people to to meet others and build their network. Uh, Beatrice, uh, to switch the topic a little, uh, we are three men and one woman on this episode, so I have to ask you this question. Is networking different for women lawyers?
1: Yes, of course it is, Larry. Uh, particularly if you're a young woman or a, women, or a woman with small children learning how to network or getting back to networking can be quite intimidating at first. Uh, My first AIJA event, I was 27, it was Argentina, and I was terrified, to be honest, uh, because it was the first time that I went to an event without a senior partner joining me. Um, As we spoke earlier, my, my previous experiences networking or in events were not that great because older partners don't necessarily want to engage or to invest time building a relationship with a young attorney. And if they do, they don't necessarily recommend any future work to you, but to the older partner. So, and this may be a Latin American issue, but when I was starting, there were also not many M&A or corporate women lawyers. And networking usually felt like a boys club where sometimes you don't feel welcome because you don't uh, golf or you you can't discuss about sporting events, which in my case is very pronounced, so sometimes you feel out of place, which is one of the reasons why, from my perspective, AEJA is such a great association for young lawyers, regardless of gender, because it's an association in which you feel safe in the events, and among other individuals who are in the same life or work situations as you. The way AEJA events are designed, with the support of given to first-timers, allows you to break the ice much far faster and effectively. And they also have now AIJA's Women Network where you can discuss among your peers situations that affect women in the workplace and in general everyone in the association is genuinely concerned and attuned to those of us who are new regardless of their gender and make them feel at home at every event.
0: So it's important to find I guess a welcoming environment be it AIJA or any other environment and One where you could be yourself uh, uh, more than uh, areas where you can't be yourself.
1: Correct, and as Bram mentioned, not everybody's an extrovert. I consider myself an introvert too, although my friends can argue against that. But the, the fact that Aija has specific events like the first timers lunch or events that are targeted to first timers in which they help you make other acquaintances and meet other people makes, makes a world of difference going forward in the events.
0: Now, Beatrice, during the pandemic, much of our networking, including at Aija, took place over video. Uh, can we continue to leverage technology to make our networking more efficient?
1: Of course. Uh, The pandemic brought a slew of bad experiences worldwide, but one of the best things that left behind was the fact that we as a whole, and lawyers in particular, are now able to work and network remotely. It's perfectly feasible to participate now in conferences remotely. Um, I actually participated in an event last month that was held in Ecuador, and since I was a panelist online, I was able to engage in with an audience that otherwise i wouldn't have reached all the while allowing me the freedom of staying here in panama and um, not missing my younger daughter's birthday also because the presentations are recorded and uploaded to youtube or specialized websites either through videos or podcasts such as this your contribution is forever saved in cyberspace and it can reach a much wider audience and through a larger time frame It's also very important to make the most out of technology and new opportunities that have appeared and raise your professional profile.
0: So while it's not as personal as the proverbial uh, cocktail party, uh, technology is really something that we could use to raise our profile to a much wider
1: audience. Correct, you never know who's listening or who's watching and who can give you an opportunity based on what they see or hear.
0: Hmm. And Bram, what's your view on using social media to raise your profile as a lawyer.
1: Well, that's a, that's another
2: great question, Larry. Uh, and I think uh, f- for certain lawyers, especially if you're uh, if you're internet savvy, social media can be a, can be a great tool. Um, you know, it, LinkedIn is a is a very effective professional network to um, to share uh, updates on your jurisdiction with uh, with clients or with international audiences, um, and so it, it can be an excellent tool to show that you are at the forefront of your field. Uh, and, uh, and spread thought leadership, uh, if you will.
0: Has it ever backfired on you? you? You seem to be implying that you could become a target of criticism, uh, much like politicians are criticized on social media.
2: Um, it has affected, uh, not myself, but our firm, for example, with clients in the past. Uh, if, if you are a, a big firm, then you have a public profile. And some people will use that to, to attack your firm if they see a chance. And so, so yes, so that, that
0: is from personal experience that I, uh, that I bring that up for sure. Moritz, do you find teaching or public speaking opportunities useful?
3: Well, I think both of them are an interesting tool in the business development area. Both require a lot of time. Teaching requires time in terms of attending classes and the preparation and the like public speaking engagement the same and also some time traveling the benefit of these both tools are quite obvious they on the one hand help you in terms of gaining visibility towards third parties so clients can see that you speak about certain topics that you teach about certain topics and it helps you as a lawyer like you shape in your profile that the market takes you visible as a an MA lawyer an employment lawyer all the like. So I think both are very important. However, in my case, I'm not a big teacher, so I'm not doing that much. However, public speaking engagements, whether uh, whether within you know, Oisha or, or other associations, I'm trying to do a lot. That also is a very helpful in terms of getting to know other lawyers and to broaden your network.
0: It gets you known, and then it gets you gives you an excuse to be at events where you can then work the room, so to speak.
3: Absolutely, and in addition, that goes back to the point of rum, that gives you an opportunity to, to post a LinkedIn post.
0: Right, so leverage what you've done, repurpose your content, in other words. Yeah. Now, all three of you work for relatively large law firms, but Beatrice, how do you think business development would be different if you work for a smaller law firm?
1: Well, Larry, I think the basics are the same, regardless of the size of your firm. But at the same time, when you work on a smaller law firm, you need to set yourself apart from other boutique firms or larger firms. I would work and develop strategic relationships with other like-minded lawyers abroad, which is why Aija is such a great association, and stay on top of their minds so they can refer work or clients my way. I would also develop a specific niche or an area of expertise that sets me apart from other firms, making the most of the fact that I am the best at whatever it is that I do, luring clients with more affordable billable hours, and also guaranteeing that they will always have direct access to a lawyer or a partner at the firm.
0: I like your idea of kind of building scale by linking yourself with other small firms or other lawyers. So you get the scale but your clients still get the benefit of your lower overhead costs so the, in theory at least your your uh, fees would be lower
1: correct
0: now moritz uh, small firm versus large firm is business development any different between the two
3: in short larry i don't think so we all service providers whether we work with a small firm or with the large firm what might be different is that the target that the audience of our business development is different that of course if you target as a large firm listed companies that might be this is approach to a new potential clients if you're a small firm you might target small and mid-sized firms so there might be the difference other than that the concept of business development of growing your business of becoming aware I think is not any difference wherever you are okay
0: that makes sense actually um, one of the advantages of working in a big law firm, though, is the opportunity for cross-selling your colleague's services to existing clients. Bram, can you give us some practical tips for cross-selling?
2: Oh yeah, sure, Larry. That's a, it's, a, it's a very good point and it's actually part of why I really enjoy working for a big law firm. Um, it is, you know, the, the, the most important tip is to be aware of what your colleagues are doing and, and what experts they, that you have in-house. because. Um, if you don't know where your colleagues are experts uh, in which fields then you can't cross sell so um, be very aware of what your firm stands out for and, and then that is something that you should try to work into conversations with your clients and, and I'm not one for um, you know, for cold calling clients and saying look I have this colleague uh, who's good in regulatory matters, uh, why, don't, why, why don't you let us come by and, and have a coffee um, so you should always look for um, something that, that happens in the outside world. For example, there is a, um, a dawn raid that goes on in your country that you see in the newspaper. I would normally try and use that to, to sort of ping one of our PE clients. and say, look, this is what happened in, uh, in, in the country here. Is that something that might affect you? And if it does, I, I have these, uh, these in, in Brussels and in Amsterdam that are, that are amazing lawyers uh, with regulatory expertise. Does it make sense maybe to introduce them once to one of your portfolio companies? Um, and that, for example, is uh, you know it tends to work pretty well. So that that would be my main tip: be be aware of what your colleagues can do, and then try to find a way to naturally work it into a conversation with uh, with your clients.
0: So there's also a question of knowing what's going on, anticipating opportunities, and before all that, you should do networking within your firm so you know what your colleagues what services they could actually provide.
2: That's a yeah, good summary, yeah.
0: Thanks. Well, this has been fun, guys. Um, here on the Spotlight Asia podcast, we try to sum things up at the end of each episode. So seeing as how we're up against the clock, let's do a recap. Bram, what are three takeaways for our listeners?
2: My main takeaway, or the first takeaway would be, uh, start your networking, uh, start it now. The second uh, takeaway is that you are doing your your networking and your business development for yourself and not necessarily for your firm and the third one is that it's a it's a long game uh it's very unlikely that you'll see immediate results uh, and I, I just wanted to uh, to mention we have a uh, at our firm for example we have a one call a week uh program going on where we try to uh, really encourage our young lawyers from first year on to to have one call a week with one of your peers um because yes they are they are just as you are young people starting out in their business But, uh, you know, in in five or 10 or 15 years, they're going to be the decision makers. So um, do it for yourself and start right now.
0: I I really like that idea. And Beatrice, what are your three takeaways?
1: I guess my three takeaways would be one, even if you're a young attorney, business development is something to think about and start working on today. Don't be afraid of networking. Find an organization that makes you feel comfortable and participate in events. And finally, focus on building relationships, making friends and getting out of your shell. Not everyone is an extrovert, but you can learn how to network effectively and the work will follow along in due time.
0: Good advice. And finally, Moritz, what key points should our audience keep in mind?
3: Larry, let me boil that down to one key point. Go outside of your office. Business development happens outside your office, not inside your office. That's a great slogan. That could be the
0: subtitle of this episode. Thanks. Well, Beatrice Cabal, Bram Caudry, and Moritz Marr, thank you all for sharing your business development insights with us today.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having us um, here today, Larry.
0: Thank you very much, Larry. It was, a, it was an honor, pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of episode four of season three of Spotlight Aisha. So far this year, we've been discussing efficient law firm management. But for a change of pace, tune into our next episode when we'll transport you to Copacabana Beach to discuss the theme of AESA's next annual Congress, Rethinking the Law in Four Dimensions. That event is set to take place in Rio de Janeiro from August 21st to August 26th, 2023. You've been listening to Spotlight AESA, a podcast produced by AESA for young lawyers across the globe. If you like what you've heard and wish to be informed of upcoming episodes, follow Aisha on our social media channels, or you can simply download Spotlight Aisha wherever you find your favorite podcasts or at aisha.org. For all of us at L'Association Internationale des Jeunes Avocats, this is Larry Markowitz wishing you positive networking experiences, successful business development efforts, and of course, a great day.